0: We'll need two. Yeah, welcome our chairs, too. Yes. Tom and Kathy, Shane, I've got the other mic, and my lovely wife. All right. Uh, we may not need the other chair. <laughs> That's right. Wendy's was going to be here. She's going to be here tomorrow. All right. This is the first time not being on the couch, Shane. I'm sorry. All right. Just pray for grace tonight. Uh, who's been here or who has uh, if you've been here, hopefully you've enjoyed just all of our stuff on transformation um, Come on. Let me see some hands. We have uh, we've had some fantastic preaching on that haven't we? Um, yes <laughs> Yes um, Well if you haven't been here And and maybe if you haven't been here very much at all a lot of times when we go on a series of sermons we like to have a round table so we can have Several of the core team of the church just share uh, some testimonies, their breakthroughs, and just uh, draw from different wells. Cool? Um, It's fun because how many know that Shane and I don't think alike? Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, I just, I'm at the gym all day doing pools. Nope, that's not right. That's Shane. (laughs) But... It's it's awesome because we we are receiving the same revelation, but God walks it out in so many different ways. Amen. So if if you haven't seen, we have a mission statement, a new mission statement for the house. Can we put that up? There we go. Our mission is transformation, a transform people equipped to transform their world or insert your name. Right. In uh, e- Equipped to transform whatever world, whatever realms God has you in. So there's been a lot of key verses in that but just if you haven't uh heard there's a lot of verses in the new testament that talk about transformation in the word metamorpho and romans 12:2 is a famous one and, and matthew and we'll get into some of them but it, it's not just a regular change it's a a full transformation uh, which means that there's no going back so i'm gonna be you guys have the mic cool um, if you can't tell, I'll be kind of moderating, and I, I gave these guys questions in advance, so I know they've got some stuff ready. But we're going to hit just a few questions tonight and just share different breakthroughs. So the first one is just what testimonies have we heard or experienced in this season of talking about transformation, uh, and how how did that affect your world or the people that you've heard it from their world? So whoever wants to go first. You've got the mic, sweetheart. So
1: <laughs> tell, tell one you've told this one's just too good not to tell. So I'm going to tell it again. Maybe it'll come out different than it did last time. But I've been personally having a lot of friends um, that have been embracing transformation. Like not just an outward, an outwardly thing. Because some, sometimes we'll see people that will be walking and they're experiencing all this supernatural stuff in their life. And we look at them like, wow, they're just experiencing such uh, awesome transformation! Look at all them doing. But but what we don't know is a lot of those people on the inside are a mess, right? There's a lot of them that because we're all in process for one. But we can't look at those people who are experiencing that and be like, man, they're look at that transformation. They're functioning in faith. Faith does things, right? The gifts and calls of God are irrevocable. The Bible even tells us that even non believers can work miracles. Right. That's the easy part. Yeah. So I, I've i had um, a friend that we were walking through with in in California. And she is a she was a uh, a spiritual hero. You know, one of those people always hear from God, always flowing in the prophetic, always flowing in the supernatural, like just got the favor of God all over her. Like you can tell her a dream and she's like, boom. And you're like, gosh, you just nailed my dream like just functioning in all the gifts, all of them, and is amazing. And people are coming up to her, and she actually had moved um, from Australia. She was was on staff at Hillsong Church. Does anybody know Hillsong? So she had moved to Sacramento because she had had a word of the Lord to move to Sacramento and that she was going to be blessed there. But what she didn't realize was the blessing was that she was going to be going there to take care of all the inward stuff, yeah, the inward stuff. So she she gets there, and all nothing is working out for her, nothing at all. And she's finding, like, everything after another. Like, it's almost like, you know how when something's not working out for you, we start playing the blame game, right? It's their fault, this, this. You start, you become a victim, right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We start looking, well, it can't be me. Like, it has to be someone else. Well, it got to a point to where her marriage was almost over. And she had alienated herself unknowingly from all of her community and all of her friends just based on things that were going on inside of her. Well, she got to a point where she she started receiving from fathers in her life. And she's like, okay, like my life is jacked up right now. All my friends, no one's really talking to me anymore, like got really bad. And she started receiving transformation from a father who was a who she was allowing herself to start receiving feedback and input. It in that got completely restored, completely in that process of where she was supposed to be receiving a blessing. And what in her mind, what that blessing was, was I'm going to be fulfilling my dreams. And he's like, eh. Right? Because we're going from glory to glory, but sometimes glory's outward and not that way right sometimes he's expanding us so she ends up moving here I've have permission to tell this testimony so it's okay she ends up moving here for and being with us for six months and we got to hear all of her transformational stories what God had done in her life and in that moment they started having dreams when they were in Disney World of them getting a job at Disney World that was his dream her husband's dream was to work at Disney World end up getting a call from Disney World And offer him a job making awesome money. But they had to go through something in their transformation to be able to handle what God wanted to give them. And sometimes it's ugly. And we have to allow it to be ugly. Right? Come on. All right. That's good.
0: (laughs) Anybody else? All right. I've I've actually got one um, that was pretty neat that we had. Well, actually two one, I, I was thinking, sorry, I did not pre-warn Claudia Donkov, but um, <laughs> she and I have been releasing some, some transformation in prayer. And she actually asked me to come speak to a young lady at the school just about um, a, an English pace. And let me tell you, I, I'm an English major, but there's one thing I do not do well, sentence diagramming. Uh, that's, that's like the bane of my existence. I have never seen the point. Um, that's the youth pastor saying that not vice principal. Um, he says you need to do it. It's important. But, uh, of course, when I got up there, that's what this young lady needed help with <laughs> was Sittenstein gramming. And I did some of the worst tutoring I've ever done in my life. Uh, but I just released support and encouragement and just God come work on this. She came and found me the, the other day and I think she got a 95 on the test. over. Well, she got a hundred. She got a hundred on the test. <laughs> and she was not finishing any of her work before that. But we've just, Claudia and I have just been releasing just the the prayer and the release that, and it's fun to look at it because, you know, everybody sees me as the butterfly guy now. Um, fun to see it. The, the caterpillar, sorry, the butterfly is already in the caterpillar. It just needs to be released to come out, right? She already was an A student. We just had to speak it into her and it would happen. So that was fun. But also, just bragging on our girls, um, I've told this testimony a few times, but I don't think on mic or anything, our volleyball team was at a tournament, and a girl on the other team had a knee brace on because she had torn her ACL and was just coming back into playing. Well, she went up for a ball or whatever it was, came back down, and they heard the noise. And, I mean, that thing went out. And so she's on the floor, I guess, just screaming and crying, and... So, you know, the, the courtesy is, like, you take a knee and you start praying or whatever. But our girls just start going to Coach Olson and just, like, hey, we, we don't just want to be praying right now. The other team is freaking out because this girl on their team, like, this, they just went through this. And the, surely enough, the other team is just in hysterics. And they said, can we just go lay hands and pray on them? And Mike and Christy Stewart posted some pictures. You can't even see the other team because our girls are so surrounding them, just all on top of them. And they got to pray with the young lady and all this stuff. But then we got an email from the dad of the girl who tore her ACL and just said, you, you've risen our faith. You have grown our faith and just by your actions. And it's just like forever changed us. I don't think he used the word transform, but they'll never be the same really is what he was saying. Um, so that was awesome just to see um, how it affects their world. You know, volleyball is a realm those girls have, um, and they release that into that atmosphere. All right. Ready for the next one then? Number two? Okay. How do we avoid trying to change ourselves, like on our own strength, and instead lean on God for the transformation? Lean not on our own understanding, but lean on him, right? And what are what are the differences we've seen in, in these two paths? I, I swear I emailed them all this week, these questions.
2: <laughs> it's, it's hard to prep for these questions because sometimes, I don't know, just can't. Um. For one it's easy to just do it on your own. Whether not saying you're successful at it, but it's just easy because it's that old nature still trying to rise up that we're always having to kind of push back down and and um just let God be in control. And I think as humans our nature our earthly nature is to be in control. Um, but our supernatural nature is to always let the Lord do the leading, Lord be in control. Um I think the difference I mean that kind to me that kind of speaks to the difference of the paths um is we are always surrendering one wholeheartedly one hundred percent to the Lord, everything that we have from the smallest to the greatest of things um people in our lives um ourselves situations um things that we have no control over um it's just saying lord this this is yours, this is yours again, I can't do anything, I have no control over this just and and Yes, there are We know with
0: are. a 1-year-old at home, a 19-month-old. <laughs> control is We not have some, no
2: control. <laughs> that we have girl. no
0: control someday.
2: Um <laughs> no, it's a constant reminder, but um but it's partnering. I think there's also there is a partnership with the Lord and, and it's you know it, that's all it is, it's a partnership. He he leads and and guides us and we just allow him to to give us the wisdom and discernment. Um but we also have to listen. We can't just say, okay, Lord, there you go, and then go wander off. Um, we have to be listening for that instruction and that and that guiding of um, of the answers we're looking for. So
0: That reminds me of the silver chair where Aslan says, look for the signs. He gives them instruction in the beginning. Does anybody remember this? He gives them instruction in the beginning, but as they walk through, he tells them, like, there's to be signs. Look for them. It's not just like, okay, God will take your way, but as you're going along, make sure he's still in it and you didn't divert. Who else <laughs> i know tom told me four five and six are where his heart's at so he's going to be answering on all of those
1: those things. are mine too i'm just <laughs> those are my better questions those are I guess. my ones i had too um you know i think one of the things that it talks about in scripture is what we become what we behold i think it's in first corinthians 3 or second corinthians 3 it's it's in there somewhere Where it's talking about that we actually, as we're beholding Jesus, we start to become like him. But at the same time, it it talks about what are the difference in the two of like not leaning on your own understanding for your own transformation or going after and doing it yourself. But we have to understand, too, is that when we're doing that, like things start to surface that we didn't know were there. Right. Some people will call it being in like a, a greenhouse where you can plant a bunch of good stuff and good soil. But like, and everything starts growing, but as things start growing, sometimes the ugly things start growing too, right? In the presence of God, when we're receiving from him and he's showing us who we are, we're beholding him and we're becoming like him, he'll start to point on things that don't look like him, right? And a lot of the things, like there are certain things, like I had drug addiction and that was taken care of. And I'm like, man, I got set free from that. I got, I'm getting, I've set myself apart. I know where I'm going, but then there's certain things that I've had to recognize that he's pointing something out in me that he wants to transform because we can receive transformation and we can preach on transformation and we can get all this great revelation, but that still doesn't change bad habits, right? There are certain habits and what hurts and things that we form, even as, as early kids that. That it's, that's why it says we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It means it needs to be renewed, but at the same time, there's neurons. You got neuro, uh, neuron associations. You have all a nervous system, which all these things are flowing through your mind that goes back to old ways of doing things. Like for someone who gets super lonely, what do they go to? Do they do they start drinking too much? Do they start looking at pornography? Like there's all these things. That we can receive transformation, but then there'll be areas that it's like, but every time this happens, like I always go back to old patterns, but he's not after he's after wholeness Altogether, There was times and seasons I was just after the supernatural and I'm like, okay, the wholeness is what's going to set my life and my family up for the rest of their life. Like my, my daughter will be okay if I don't go raise someone from the dead today. Right. But he'll start hitting on things, and we got to even practically know how to take care of that stuff. Because we can spend all our time in the presence of God and then 20 years down the road and be struggling with the same stuff. <laughs> I've seen it too many times. I've walked through seasons where I'm like, I'm done with this. Like, how do I get out of this? Right? So I'll start pursuing people that I know that have had breakthrough in that area, or I'll read books from people that have breakthrough in that area. Because we have to... If we're going to renew our mind, it needs to be replaced with something else, right? If we, if we get sad or we're coping with something, so I need to go get drunk, okay, so now the next time that happens, what are you going to do? We got to start replacing our habits with other habits. Anything that's removed, it needs to be replaced with something good, right? right. So there's something in transformation that we've got to learn to walk it out practically, Right? Okay, y'all all right? I know this is raw, but this is me. I'm just going to talk about the stuff. No shame, right? Okay.
3: So I'm going to switch things up a little bit because um, I agree with what you're saying. One thing that Murray Newman said when he was here, um, he named the three fights that we have, right? The first one was the fight for ourself. And I think that's what you're talking about is is we need to fight for the healing within um, so that we can start fighting for others from a better foundation, yeah? But I also know that when we try to do transformation on our own, at least in my life, this is me, and maybe there's some of you out there like this, I tend to be more critical of myself than God is. Do you understand? I look at myself and I go, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong, and I'll never measure up. And, you know, God's going, yeah, but remember what you said yesterday? Or remember the hug you gave to that student that was really hurting in your classroom? That meant more to that student than you'll ever realize. But that's not what I see. So I think when we go through transformation with God and renew our mind so that we can see as God sees, he celebrates us and our transformation in ways that we don't understand sometimes. And we don't give ourselves enough credit for listening or being obedient in those small moments and um, and this is telling on me, but I had a prophecy given to me once. I haven't, I haven't had many prophecies given to me personally. And this was one of the first ones I had. And we were in Telluride, and the prophet looks at me and he goes, God sees you as obedient. And in my head, I'm going, this is not God. You have no idea who you're talking to. I am not obedient. I do not say yes to God. Regularly, I'm normally my response is no. The next sentence out of his voice was, even if it takes you a year or two years to obey him, he still sees you as obedient. Do you see God sees us differently than we see ourselves? And so I think when we go through transformation with him and his mind and his thoughts towards us, it's an easier process.
0: I was just praying on this one just real quick to wrap it up. And the Lord told me that a big part of it is finding the difference between self-help and salvation. Um, Self-help is often the trend that's going on lately. Salvation is the truth that's always been there and always will be there. Um, Sometimes we get caught up in what's the latest trend of what God's doing or whatever or what's, you know, working for a lot of people. But salvation is a personal thing that happens to you. And if you put on the mind of Christ, if you receive the fullness of your salvation – then you should not be you know, struggling, like Shane said, with all these different habits and all this stuff. You should be taking on the fullness of why Jesus died for you. Um, all right, number three. How do we walk in a life where his power is coming out of us and renewing inside of us? Uh, another way to put this would be how do we live mir- miraculous outside and allow miracles and transformation to go on inside as well? And it, We kind of already touched on this a little bit, but just if anybody else... As anything else? Cause, um Shane and Tim spoke about this that we want to be a- in an atmosphere where we're overflowing from what the good things are, and we're seeing miraculous you know going around uh, um around us because of that
2: real quick. I was reading over this question because I you know, knew we were coming to it, but honestly, for me, it's intentionality um if I want to be transformed i have i mean Shane said earlier you have to put new habits where old habits were and so it's being intentional if, um, if if I want some and I hate saying quiet time because it, I don't think it should always be quiet time but if you're wanting to spend time with the Lord you, have, you just have to be intentional until it becomes a new habit a new routine but then what you have to do is you have to protect it to make sure it's not out of duty and not out of habit that it's still precious that it's still sweet that it's still quality time so for for me transformation it i think it's kind of partners with being intentional.
0: That's right. I, like I said, we kind of already touched on this one. I know Tom is just going to uh, overflow the next 3. He's just going to be a fountain. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um but it, uh, part of it is burnout that we have to watch out for um because you can be walking all sorts of mir- miraculous stuff but if you're not taking care of what you need internally, um you'll burn out, guaranteed. Um and then, you know, letting things become routine and God just gave me the word celebration when I was praying on this is we've gotta be able to celebrate, you know, um, God heals whatever it may be, a broken arm, right? We celebrate that, right? Um, but when somebody goes, Hey, God totally has delivered me from that jealousy problem I have. We need to go, come on Whoa you know, like there needs to be that celebration over that because Things like that don't just go away. It's got to be a miraculous pull um, for you to be fully transformed. And I'll just share out of this, too, because this kind of hits last question. This one of just leaning on the Lord um, and not my own understanding is there were some issues that I was wrestling with and I wanted to, you know, just have them dealt with, which is a good position to have. But um, it was maybe last week or two weeks ago. Tim had to just stand up and just release some stuff that we were holding on to. And I kind of, I I could list a few of them and was like, I need to let go of this and this and this. And I just felt the Holy Spirit plain as day be like, you know, the root of all those is pride that you're carrying. And I was like, what? And and, uh, he began to just allow, well, I began to allow him, but he just started to work on my heart and show me how, uh, all those things were coming from a root of pride that I wasn't seeing. I was having a blind spot on. And he just began to hit, hit me in that. And so if we want to continue to just live a, in a supernatural lifestyle, we've got to be able to root those things out and allow him to come pull things out of our eye, right? Um, so that's a, a place we've got to be. All right. You guys are burning for number four, right? You guys still with us? Come on. All right. A huge part of transformation is the cocoon of process. That's trademark me. I made that up. The cocoon of process. How do we recognize when we're in this part or slash mess and what has worked for you, for us specifically, to thrive in this time? Tom's ready. <laughs> we're at number four.
4: Number four. You know, sometimes there's several things. I mean, Sh- uh, Shane already started on it. Uh, when he, actually, when he preached that sermon on process maybe a month, two months ago. Because there's certain processes that the Lord does in our lives. And I think it's really important for you to recognize where you're at and then stop. Instead of looking at the external circumstances, if you can stop and just say, okay, God, what do you want to do in me in this? So it's not so much what's happening to you. It's really important what's happening in you. And it's really tough. Is it tough, you guys? can be so uh learning to think differently that's 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 a challenge as well because our minds go into this groove i I'm sorry, but I just remember those thirty three albums you know if you'd spin the records and it's just and when it gets stuck, it's just in the groove. I promise you our minds have grooves, and I promise you we have to we have to bust out of those grooves, and what I'll do sometimes is just kind of following on the on the coattails of things that the the Bachlands have taught us is I'll go, I'll I'll just say to myself, instead of instead of how do I feel today or how do I feel in, in the middle of this circumstance, I'll just kind of go, okay, what do I believe today? What's truth today? Because really those grooves are lies that we've learned to just we function in those things. And those lies they can repeat themselves for a long time. They can. And so you have to consciously bust yourself out of those lies into the identity that we are always told about who we are, but it takes a little bit of internal um, break the record. Uh, my my wife has never thrown a plate at me, but... Uh, I think I, I i think I've heard several stories where that has happened, but what I'm saying is you have to bust those things those there's certain things in our lives that have to break and and so thinking is is imperative that that we train ourselves to think different It's a challenge to do I think you guys got it
3: to go along with that um romans twelve two is has been my uh, verse in my classroom for the last two years um and I think we Skip the first part and go to um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But the first part says, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. And I think that's what Tommy was talking about. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily uh, the patterns in the outside world. It could be the pattern that we've grown up with. You know, that when we have an argument, we leave. That's the pattern we've seen all our lives. You don't take care of the argument. You just go. You escape. Well, that's not how God wants us to deal with anger or arguments or disagreements, you know. And so we do have to no longer be conformed to that pattern, whatever that pattern might be in your life. Um, and renew your mind, the second part. Don't be conformed to the pattern. But as Shane said, then what do you fill it with? Renew your mind with the word of God and what God says about you and how God says for you to deal with situations.
0: Uh- let me, uh, let me jump real quick, just continuing with the verse, because that's where the Lord put my heart is, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when you're in those seasons of going through process and, it, and it's a struggle or you don't know um, what to do next, it says that if we've been transformed, then we can test and approve what God's will is in the situation that we actually have the ability to look at the different paths and kind of test it out or whatever it may be, poke at it, prod at it, so we can see, okay, I'm going to get the most out of it, and this is the best way to, to walk through this situation. This is the safest route that he's set. Well, actually, it's the only route. It's the route God picks, right? <laughs> Every other one of them is, is not going to work. What's the, the one that God has set that I need to follow? Oh, I, 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 thought, I think... <coughs>
1: For me, the easiest way I've been able to walk through the different seasons of transformation in the different processes is knowing that I'm always going to be in a process. I think sometimes we find ourselves, we think, if we can just get through this thing that I'm going through right now that God is doing, then I'll be free. (laughs) Let's just laugh at that. Because as soon as you get through that, there's going to be something else. Guaranteed. Every time, we're always looking for, okay, what's next? And then I get there, and then I'll be, I'll have my freedom. And it's like, <laughs> but no, he's taking us from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from brighter to brighter. He's, He's, You're always in a process. So for me, that's what helps me is knowing, like, this is never going to end. So I've got to choose a different way of thinking because I'm never getting out of this. Until I'm walking through walls in perfect love looking like Jesus, that might take a long time, right? And we're always going to be going through things. That way he can draw those things out and get them out of you and put you in another situation in which there's so much grace and so much love that he's walking you through it. He loves you so much he's not going to leave you there. He's like, all right, we've taken care of that. All right, let's do something else now. And it requires a ton of humility. Humility. A ton of humility. Don't want to go there. I think I've I've walked through so many many seasons of life with people that are experiencing transformation. And when they go through a season like that that's really hard that God's wanting to transform them, either their pride gets in the way and they no longer want to receive or they run. Right? When things start getting really hard and people that have just come to Jesus or, or are in a process and things get hard, they usually tend to take off. Right. But it requires so much humility to be able to stay in that season and to let people speak into your life. Right. It says he gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. Right. A lot of the transformation that I've received has come from I'm humbling myself, even though it hurts and I'm letting people speak into my life, maybe things I don't want to hear. It requires a tremendous amount of humility. But if we if we hold on to pride and say, that's your issue, I don't want to receive any feedback, you're going to go down on your sinking ship. Guaranteed. It's just a matter of when. It's not if. Eventually, things are going to get really bad. And usually that's when people, pff, they book it. So we need to humble ourselves and just receive the love of God. People love us and they have the, we, had, we need to see people as having the best intentions for us. If people are speaking into my life, it's not because they are trying to fix me. It's because they love me and they see something that's getting in the way of where God wants to take us. So for me, it was being humble and still is. Sometimes God will speak to me through people that I'm like, you could have spoke to me through anyone but that person. The people that you don't want to receive from, you're like, anyone but that. He's like, all right, how humble are you going to be right now? I'm no respecter of person, son, right?
0: All right. We ready for number five? Tom's got the mic. I think he's ready. How have you found being in community helps each person transform faster, better, stronger, more often? Any of those, all of those. Sure.
4: Um, Actually, I was having this conversation with someone this week over breakfast. And do you realize that this walk that we're walking in is not meant for us to do by ourselves? Do you realize that? Therefore every relationship that we have even the tough ones and the good ones all those relationships we have there there's a, an element of of change that can happen in our lives through all of those and and so what I'm what I shared with this this person that I was meeting with is you can take somebody let's just say a brand new christian a brand new believer and their heart their heart is inclined to the lord they they are saying they are saying, Lord, I, I do. I, I want to follow you, yet they keep stumbling. And and uh, this friend was saying to me, "If, if, because uh, he was actually remarking about family members of his, but he was talking to them, and he was just thinking, if you could just say, Lord, yes, more of you, well, that's a great answer, and that's true. But I want to share you one other thing about that that I shared with him is that, you know what, environment – makes a big difference. And what I'm saying is, is you can take, let's just, if you just imagine a little, let's just say you potted, uh, are, are growing a little tomato plant, and it's, and uh, let's say it's in the summer or the fall, and you've planted it and you water it and you're taking good care of it and it grows and it starts out. But what happens when when the seasons change, fall comes, and then winter comes, does that little, as much as that little plant wants to make it, will the little plant make it? if you put it outside in the wintertime, probably not most likely not and so what i w- want to illustrate through that is is our environment it matters a lot and we cannot do this thing alone you can't you can't you can't try and walk alone you'll try it or some people try it some people will try to walk alone but if you took that little potted plant even though maybe the the Weather is adverse, but you take the same little potted plant and you put it in a greenhouse, what's going to happen? That little potted plant all of a sudden is going to make it. Well, then the environment that around that is around us really matters. And what I'm saying is, is your friends matter. Your family matters. The people that you hang out matters. You can't hang out in the wrong environment and really expect to grow and bear a lot of fruit. And I think the scripture says that not only in, in Corinthians but also Proverbs, but what I'm saying is is where you now you can obviously we're not we're in the world, but we're not of the world, okay? So we we do find ourselves in situations where we're hanging out and it's maybe not. But don't live there. Don't don't make that your your where you constantly dwell. So so the greenhouse, it, we are each other's greenhouse because we can encourage one another. And you know what? We need it. And, it, and the prophetic encourages and small groups encourage. And, and we've got to learn how to be a congregation of Barnabases. Do you hear me? Because I'm serious about that. When you notice somebody, don't just pass by it living your busy life Stop and try to touch that person where they're at. And it's just necessary, is all I'm saying, is that we all have responsibility. And you know what? We grow when we do it together. One last little story. I was, I'm sorry, but I was walking in the prayer room. This was, I'm thinking, two months ago. And maybe for some of those of you who are not really. Uh, familiar with john and leisha whitaker man they're they're wrestling challenges is all i want to say well several months ago john was in the hospital with challenges and i think it was three different surgeries trying to just fix what the problem was and he was really discouraged and it was a long process and and here's the story and so I'm getting texts early one morning about the difficulties, and I didn't quite have the answer, but I knew where the answer was and and there's oftentimes you know where to go for the answer but in this circumstance, I just texted everybody in our connection group. I sent a text to ten different families, and I said, "Listen, John is in this place." On his third, not recovering from his third surgery, it had been a a tough road. And so I sent a text and just said, hey, guys, and this was a, a weekday. Could we pray in tongues for the Whitakers for 30 minutes today? One by one, all 10 families responded to me with, we're on it. Yes, you got this. Sure, we'll do it. And one by one, every text that my phone would ding as I'm walking back in there over a period of um, 30 minutes or more, and with every one of those answers, I just started tears Just start. I'd finish with the tears, and I'd get another text, and then more tears, and then I'd finish with those tears and another text. And all I learned from that, or not all I learned, but one thing I learned from that Woe to the person who has no one who will stand up with them because it's so necessary in, in life.
2: Um, and I can't remember who said this. One of y'all might be able to correct me, but someone said this, and it, it's impacted me, and I've kept it around. But they said – now they use this term. They said if you want to kill giants, be around giant killers. What I've switched that around is if I want to be great, I have to be around great people. So I try to make sure the people I hang around with, for when especially when I'm being vulnerable, that they're great people and they that they can carry me at my lowest time. So if you want to be great, get around some great people.
0: That was uh, Jimmy Darnell talking about, yeah, because, I mean, we talk about David is one of our favorite people to talk about, right? But one of the beauties of is when he killed Goliath, he wasn't the last person in the Bible to do that. You know that, right? that other mighty men went and killed giants after that. So one of the things I think Bethany's hitting on there is um, you watch somebody or you teach somebody. Um, That's what Muzz was talking about, right? I know how to kill giants. Let me show you. Or that guy just killed a giant. Now I know it's possible. Check this out, you know? Uh, That's throwing stones, by the way. Um, (laughs) So it it creates that. Uh, It's like the people love to use the four-minute mile, right, is – um, nobody had ever run a four-minute mile. When the first guy finally did it, like 30 people did it in, within two months after that. 300 the next year, yeah. yeah. See, I thought I knew sports, but Shane's up here. <laughs>
3: um, yes, atmosphere really does change things. Didn't we sing that tonight? The atmosphere is changing here. Um, and I have to uh, do a shout-out to the singles who went and changed the atmosphere at the Whitaker's house this morning. Because they went and praised and sang over Leisha and her family, um, and it changed the atmosphere. She even told us we went and visited today, and she she whispered to us, the atmosphere is changing here. And so, you know, it does matter who you hang out with. And um, being a psychology major, I just have a, a story about that. When I was in school, um, I went to Romania, did a mission trip. And in Romania, as in a lot of Eastern European countries, there were a lot of orphans, and there was a lot of orphanages, and not very many orphan workers that were able to hold the babies and help them and things like that. So they would just prop up bottles in the cribs, and the babies would just lay in the crib and drink the bottle, and they would, you know, change them, and they would keep them clean and all of that, but they didn't have enough people to hold the children and to love on them. And they withered, and and a lot of them died, even though they were healthy You see, they were getting fed. They were having all their needs met except for one, and that was to be loved. And so when you're in community, that's what you do is you love on one another. That's where the growth comes. That's where the change happens is when you're in that atmosphere of love. Because love is not always, oh, everything's going to be okay. Sometimes love is, oh, that area in your life that might need to be addressed, right? That's true love. Iron sharpens iron, right, as one man sharpens another. So if we, um, and this is my soapbox, (laughs) the enemy has tried to rob us of community. And one of the big ways he does it is through technology. Because if you see, I mean, even in church today, I see people with their heads down in their phones when the sermon's going on. I promise. He separates us. Right, the enemy will separate you from something that can be used for good. I'm not saying don't ever have technology in your life. I'm just saying he knows that those relationships are important, and so guard those relationships, please. Find time to be together face to face with someone, um, and don't just text somebody. Call them. Hear the voice. You know, you you hear a lot in a voice that you don't hear in a text, or sometimes you misunderstand a text, right? when hearing their voice would clear things up a little bit. So just love on one another. It does change things.
1: Talking on the phone. Whoa. There's, there's something called talking now, and you do it on a phone. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When the phone rings, sometimes I'm like, why don't you just text me? <laughs> Anyone? Why don't you just text me? But, yes, talking on the phone. That's, I've, I totally agree with what you were saying, and I was just thinking about um, some of the the things that rob us from what God wants to do and bring transformation, even with the relationships around us, is familiarity. Sometimes we can be around people and be like, this is awesome, this person that's so new, but then you start getting a double portion because you start seeing their weaknesses, and everyone has weaknesses, and, and then all of a sudden... You start you stop recognizing the great things that people are carrying and they're actually giving you. Because we all have weaknesses, but sometimes familiarity will rob you of the impartation God wants to give you. There's a scripture that talk that says honor the prophet and you receive a prophet's reward. I used to think, okay, if I honor a prophet, I receive a prophet reward. I used to think, what does that mean? I get to prophesy better. But the reward you receive, if you're receiving someone and what they're bringing, the reward is you receive what they're saying and it changes your life. The reward is the life change that they're imparting to you here. And we can't start looking at their weaknesses and start pointing out, but they do this, 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 and this. Once you start doing that, you've already cut off the blessing and the impartation. Some of the the, the built most transformational things I've ever done, my Bless Wendy. She got to have a whole year with Steve Backlund. Y'all know Steve that come here. He's the beliefs guy. He's the renewing, transformational mind guy. My wife got to intern him for a solid year. I'm like, oh my gosh. Imagine hanging out with him for a solid year. But I got to travel with him for a few weeks. And I got to see him in his element and how he lives his life. And in those few weeks, I received more impartation because I was gleaning from what God was doing in him and the way that he thought. I was observing every time something went wrong, how he responded. Every time something went right, how he responded. Every morning we would wake up, he would knock on the door, and as soon as I'd answer the door, he would say, Shane, today is going to be a great day. He's prophesying throughout his whole day of what's going to happen, and there's never a, there was never a problem that he couldn't figure out a solution. Right? It's because he's thinking from that perspective. So if we find people that are thinking that way or have breakthrough in that area, Get around them and receive the impartation that you need. And don't let familiarity over a long period of time rob you. You're going to receive a double blessing with leaders, okay? We have toilets in our house just like everyone else. We do. We do. But at the same time, if you get around people and we're starting to find their flaws, you're going to stop receiving what they're they're giving. I've ha- I've been around some of the most well-known, famous, amazing leaders there are. Let me tell you, I know their stuff. Some of it's ugly, but I still receive from them because I'm honoring the person that God has created them to be. I'm not looking at their weaknesses; I'm looking at their strengths, and in turn, it's it's I'm receiving the reward that's changing my life. Y'all, okay? All right. I'll
0: I'll wrap up on this one, because um, I feel like recognition is a, an important thing, not just like positive recognition, but just like recognizing something. So it could be being in community, could be the way of correction, or the way of celebration. Because in in correction, you might have people around you that aren't afraid to get in your face when you're not doing something right. Um, and we need those kinds of people, amen? Um, we need people that, that we allow in that space to just not always tell us, yes, that's a great idea, Chris, Um, you know, that actually look and say I, or, or uh, I'll give you a great example that none of us have ever done, right, is you talk to somebody or say something or do something, and a good friend of you comes over and goes, why are you being such a jerk to that person? Like, what? I was just like, like, no, 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 your whole attitude was just, you know, and then you go like, hey, sorry, was I? And they're going, a little bit, you know, just like, (laughs) and, you know, speaking of leaders, sometimes, you know, we're running, doing this stuff or whatever, and, And you forget to connect with a person, right, Um, and and you just speak in order or or speak, you know, whatever it may be um, because it's oh so important, uh, whatever it is. But uh, you need those people that will help correct you there because that creates the better environment of transformation is when when we're just treating and showing the love of Jesus and then somebody can receive it, right, right? I've actually found if if you want to lead people, here's something really good. If, if you take more time than you probably think you need to teach someone, show someone something, um, and really put a lot of love and care in it, that's the only time you have to teach them. Because after that, they'll go, oh, I've got a passion and a heart for this, and I've been taught so well. I'll just do it on my own, and they'll just start doing it. It's uh, something I do with my youth interns all the time. Um, but then the celebration part. Sometimes we get a huge breakthrough, and we don't even realize how big it is, Right? And our friends have to be the one go. There's something different on you, and like there is. (laughs) Like I'm different today. And let me. This is super cool. Um, Metamorpho, transformation in the New Testament. It's used in Romans 12:2, but the other three times are all in reference to basically the glory shining off of somebody's face. Because twice it's the transfiguration in Matthew and Mark, and then in Second Corinthians 3:18, it's talking about when Moses' face shined because he was transformed. And this is an awesome testimony. Hopefully some of you haven't heard it, but if you have, it's a good one. Um, we went to camp one year, and there was an amazing preaching on forgiveness, and a young lady in our youth group forgave somebody she needed to forgive. The next morning, she was glowing, and I'm not kidding you. Like, everybody was looking. You are a different – Tilden shaking his head because he was there. We were looking at a different person, and she was like, yeah, I feel great. And like, no, 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 no. You look great. <laughs> like, you look amazing. And so having been in that community, because, you know, Jesus, his face was shining. Moses' face was shining. Everybody's looking at him and go like, your face is shining. We need a veil. They're like, it is? Like, there's something on me? Sometimes something, you know, uh, our temptation is, let's get the mess off of you. But what if our our greater job is to look and go, did you know there's glory on you right now? Look what God's doing in your life right now. Um, That's how we build a community that's just, like, booming and transformation. All right. Oh, I, I have to read the next question, don't I? I can't just hand it to one of you.
1: <laughs> I have to.
0: All right, last one. How do rele- How do we release transformation to people around us? How have you seen this released in you or on others? So, how do we just release this atmosphere and and see that? Somebody's gonna. <laughs> I think they're all praying.
2: I'll be. My answers are not long. Um. Honestly, for me, it's still to release transformation. It's being real with people. It's not putting on a facade. Um, My my goal is to never like, yes, I'm a leader, but I never want to be unapproachable. I never want to seem fake. I never want to seem like I'm not real. I don't have my own problems. Um, Trust me. I got plenty and I'll tell you all about it. And I, I want, like if you wanted my whole story, I would be happy to tell you. I don't, it's not even that long, but I think transformation comes by being real by I mean I I know what my flaws are right now I know what I'm struggling with um and I I would love to share that struggle with you cuz I I know I'm not the only one I think when you can acknowledge okay I I know someone else is dealing with this find that community we I mean that's why there's that's why there's grief centers that's why there's AA meetings people who are struggling need that community to transform, to fix, but that's why we also have, plug a little bit, um, Celebrate Recovery, so um, because we want to fix those hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and there's a community for that. So that will bring transformation when you can acknowledge the hurt, acknowledge what you're struggling with, and gain transformation from that.
4: Um, I think the last thing that I have on my heart that I'd like to share is, is partially I'd like to speak to the parents and then also the young people anyway to use the metaphor you know the scripture is full of metaphors but to take this this butterfly metaphor let me illustrate it this way um you know wine comes from what crushed grapes wheat comes from well threshed wheat uh the part that you can eat flour These olive comes oil from, olive oil yeah 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 <laughs> Okay, and olives. Hey, that's right, too, Chris. And olive oil comes from crushed olives. You get the point. And, and silver and gold have to be refined in the fire. And, and, you know, the metaphors go on and on. But the point that I'm trying to make is here, I'm not talking about the things that the Lord has redeemed us from, um, like sin, sickness, uh, sorrows. I'm, I'm speaking of Isaiah 53. Well, what what I am saying is, if you'll just read Romans chapter five, adversity actually builds something good in us, and sometimes we have to learn. I know I've been learning to just say, Lord, I thank you for that adversity because I I don't I don't like it, but I appreciate what it's doing in me. And sometimes we go through those seasons where we get some adversity, and adversity is designed. Um, Joseph told his brothers, he said, listen, you guys meant it for evil. The adversary means things for evil, but God means it for good. He's got some other plans he's got going on. You understand that? And so even though some circumstances might be tough on us, there's something good that will come from it if we let the Lord do it. And if we'll tell him, thank you for this, because I appreciate how I'm going to grow in this thing. And so I take that and to apply it to a parent and apply it to to the metaphor that Chris taught us on a few weeks ago the butterfly thing, you actually will kill the butterfly if you cut him out of the cocoon too early. And so we work in a school, Mr. Luns and Chris and myself. And, yeah, oh, my wife too. We we watch parents cut their children out of cocoons. And I remember, Mr. Luns, I remember standing in the gymnasium with you. I'm going to say... Eight or ten years ago, and we were talking about—I hmm, better not get too descriptive here—but uh, we were talking about a certain couple with kids in our school, and uh, and and that certain couple was just kind of rescuing their kids from every difficulty. And I heard, Mister Mister Lenz, I can tell you where we were standing. We were outside the the boys' locker room kind of little area, and you said. If they don't stop that, their their child's going to be coming back to live with them. And I've never forgotten that. Now that's okay. Some I'm you know, I'm not saying because it happens. It's not always a negative situation. It's a real pleasure too, but what I'm saying is, is someday somebody will get into their marriage and their husband and their husband or their wife, whatever it is, and then st- Stuff happens and they can't handle it because they weren't able to learn how to handle the small adversities that came earlier. So I'm just saying, I'm saying Romans chapter five, that suffering brings, I don't know what the progression of scriptures is Romans five, something suffering or adversity brings character and character brings perseverance and perseverance brings hope and hope doesn't disappoint. So I'm just saying let God do his work in us and our children because it's so necessary or your married kids are going to come back and live with you.
0: Well, I've got a a testimony to share on this that the Lord just reminded me of um, and Tim already called him out. But Billy and Jennifer, we all know Billy and Jennifer, uh, amazing greeters and uh, just amazing people. And uh, I feel totally cool sharing this because Billy will share his testimony even if you don't ask. Um, but uh, if you don't know, they showed up just the, – they ran out of gas um, at Egg Scramble and heard there was going to be free food, and you should have Billy tell you the testimony as far as how Tom Ray approached him of just, you know, it wasn't just welcome, but it was we've been waiting for you, you know. And they've just got caught fire, and the Lord's doing amazing stuff. But as I was praying on, you know, just what to share tonight and just what God's doing in this transformation, he reminded me of something. Billy and Jennifer, um, you know, came really kind of just get free food and get some some respite, get some rest. Well, two, three months ago, I don't know when exactly, um, they helped start a, a food bank distribution right out on our front porch, the exact same place where Billy and Tom met and where God showed up. And now the fullness of the transformation is here. They've taken the breakthrough they have, and they're literally distributing it out in front of the church and inviting people and praying over people. They receive, yeah, that's right. They receive the food now. They're giving the food, but it's it's the, the fullness of how God works in these beautiful circles. Amen. Um, and it's I can't wait till they're here tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but um, if you want to see that transformation released, you've got to give it away. Whatever breakthrough it is give it away because we're just seeing amazing things I keep seeing we have all the rent-a-bikes out here in front of the church just because people are using them to get over here to get food uh, From the food bank, but they're getting a blessing out of it as well. All right. I think we're good um, I have not just that we're ending early tonight um, Which if you didn't know that our sports clock is up there. It's totally up there We 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 did it in military time. We're working on that. All right um but one gift of course is we're going to end early tonight um but i have another present for everybody so uh or for your family it's not candy we didn't throw can or we're out of candy but uh we got magnets made that say it's all about transformation um so you can have that yeah so it's going to be more like one per family okay i don't think everybody in the ha- the house has their own fridge um so <laughs> we did not make enough for each individual so much um But we want you to be able to take those if that's something you want to stick up on the the fridge. And I'm not sure we have a huge altar team tonight. So if you see, uh, it's Bethany. Um, So if you see somebody that is good-looking and anointed near you, um, just ask them to pray for you tonight. Can we do that? Um, So why don't we stand up? And actually, I'm going to let my better half just release um, just revelation or transformation or just whatever she's feeling stirring. Just have her pray over us. And then we'll be done.
2: Yeah, I just kinda heard the word joy. That it's, it's a joy, Lord, to transform your way and in your and in your timing, God. So Lord, we just we we always say this but Lord, we are we are in your hands, we every piece of us wholeheartedly, our minds, our hearts, our soul, our spirit, God is all yours. And we, we give it to you daily, God. We are intentional, we choose this walk because we love you and we, we are excited for the journey that you have before us, God, because it's not a boring journey. It is full of excitement and, and transformation, and we get to see lives transformed besides our own. So, yeah, we just say just rock our world tonight, tomorrow, this, the rest of this week. Um, just show us how crazy and love you are of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you all. Um,
0: get a magnet for your family. Be blessed. Have a wonderful evening.